Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Embracing Enough podcast. I've always said that one thing is for sure, it's that women and girls have some incredible stories to tell. And that's what we do here. We share our stories in the hope that it allows others to feel seen, to feel heard, and hopefully less alone. This is your host, Dina Skippa, founder of Enough Labs, and I am so excited that you're here. I'm an empowerment coach, gender equality advocate, motivational speaker, and a goal-crushing boss. And this show is your guide to all things confidence, mindset, growth, and resilience, all in the spirit of helping you to embrace how enough you truly are. Myself and some incredible guests will be coming to you each week to drop some gems. The goal is to offer you the space in creating a vision that supports you in your relationships, creating work-life balance, and be more aligned with your truth. Our mission is to help you do all of this while embracing how enough you already are and embodying the essence of joy, abundance, and permission every step of the way. Consider me your personal coach through these episodes and think of me as your confidant, your ally, and most importantly, your sister friend. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, gorgeous. We're back with another episode of Embracing Enough, and I am your host, Dina. And I'm always so grateful to you for locking in and deciding to be a part of this conversation. I know it may sound a little weird, but I actually consider these episodes a conversation with you. Yes, I may be sitting here at my desk talking to myself with my dog, Harris, running around the background, but I truly feel like it's a conversation. And trust me, these are topics that I am unpacking in real life right now. And so this week's episode, I wanted to talk to you about acknowledging how something is not your fault and owning the responsibility to truly forgive. And so when I was thinking about the best way to talk about this, the movie, one of my all-time favorites that came to mind was Goodwill Hunting. It's a classic. If you haven't heard, if you haven't watched it, go ahead and tack that onto your list. It's a movie that takes place in Boston, which obviously I love because I, I grew up there. But it talks about this young man, Will, who's played by Matt Damon, who is kind of a troubled young man with self-destructive tendencies, but he also happens to be a genius. And I always find myself thinking about how he shows up in relationships. He's got these friends that he's been with for decades, but their conversations fall pretty flat, like nothing goes super deep. And there's a way that he has set up his life to kind of keep everyone at arm's length. So the movie sort of opens up and shows how Will's genius is discovered by these people at MIT. And, you know, they want to tap into this genius to solve these, I don't know, complex math problems that I don't understand. But it's um, the, the, the catch in order for Will to be involved is that he has to go through therapy. So he goes through, you know, this, this long list of therapists and no one can work with him until he comes across the therapist who's played by Robin Williams, who just gets him, right? They, they're both from Southie. 
Robin Williams is able to read right through Will's bullshit and is able to really get him to open up in ways that the other therapists haven't been able to. So there's a scene that literally has me doubled over every time. And it's the scene in which Robin Williams is, is looking at Matt Damon and repeating to him over and over once it's been revealed that Will had endured abuse as a child. And at first, Will is super dismissive of the statement, doesn't want him to react. He's, he's really agitated. But Robin Williams continues to repeat, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And you see Will erupt into this emotion. And he lets the, the meaning of those words sink in. And that scene is so powerful. Like I said, it always makes me cry. And I think it's also so significant of what trauma can do to a person. You know, Will in the movie was clearly a victim of what is often referred to as big T trauma. You know, the kind that includes serious levels of abuse or some kind of life-threatening event. But I don't think a person needs to have experienced this crazy existential event to experience trauma. There's also little t trauma, which includes those events that may not be as dramatic as one would say war or devastation or physical abuse or extreme violence, but little t trauma significantly impacts people in more ways that we, I think, even can begin to understand. You know, there's traumatic experiences that still cause people distress, fear, or pain. And it fundamentally changes someone at their core of how they see themselves and how they show up in the world. And I think too often people seek excuses to dismiss or bury or overlook both big and little t trauma. You may hear someone tell themselves, oh, it wasn't that bad, or others had it way worse. Or my personal favorite, when someone says, yeah, it was hard at the time, but it definitely made me a stronger, more independent person today. Resistance to facing what you may have endured, what was done to you, is all too common. And whether we try to bury it or ignore it, or worse, achieve it away, the impact of a person's trauma is still there. And in my conversations with women, particularly with my clients, I've found that traumatic experiences are often linked to our feelings of not enoughness because they shape our outlook on life. And so often I come across women who, you know, have left the impact of these traumatic experiences unchecked and what it creates. It feels like you're not yourself. It can feel like you can't really show up the way you want to in the world. It may show up in the way that you don't feel totally confident speaking up for your needs. And you may look to all these different ways to cope or, or minimize your reactions to things. Now, if you've been through something traumatic, chances are you've internalized the pain. Perhaps it's going as far to blame yourself for your suffering and struggling with feelings of guilt and shame. So if that's your experience, think about what it feels like for a young child. When a child is born, they 
inherently trust their parents. It's, it's a matter of survival, right? But imagine if you experienced your parent as neglectful, uncaring, or even abusive. It can feel like a threat to your very survival. And as a result, a child may form defenses to cope with painful circumstances and they will internalize their suffering, seeing it as a reflection of some deficiency in their own personality. They will internalize their own feelings of not enoughness and they somehow distort their image of themselves to make sense of whatever they're perceiving this mistreatment to be, to in believing themselves that they are deserving of the pain that they endure. And it absolutely breaks my heart to think that traumatic experiences are observed, are, are absorbed in this way. Because for anyone to believe that they're deserving of the pain that they've endured, that they believe themselves to be bad in some way, ooh, it has such an impact on, on someone's identity. And to think of any child who feels this way, but particularly young girls, what it means for what it will look like for them to grow up. I mean, I, I just, I think about all of the different offshoots of what, of what could happen. When you think about a young girl who might feel in her home like her feelings or experiences don't matter, she grows up carrying these wounds. She grows up believing that what she has to think and, and experience isn't a priority. She carries that knowingly or unknowingly into the friendships that she makes, into the relationships she chooses to enter into. It takes on all sorts of connotations in our life. It's the way we carry ourselves at work, the way we may put up with emotional unavailability or the way we talk to ourselves. What's worse is the risk of recreating your past in service of upholding this old sense of identity. So imagine you're a young girl who's told themselves that you were deserving on some level of the pain you endured. And in having tried to justify it, you may end up reaching for a relationship where the dynamic leaves you feeling the same terrible way about yourself. It's why one of the most powerful things anyone can do is acknowledge that the negative perceptions of how they see themselves is a direct result of their trauma. A person has to, has to understand that the definitions that were placed upon them were outside of their control and have nothing to do with who they really are. In other words, it was truly not their fault. So I want to tell you a story. Over the last year, I've definitely had the chance to participate in virtual workshops around personal development. Like, honestly, it's been my saving grace. So I was in this training, and it's been my saving grace over, you know, uh, trying to manage my way through 2020 and everything that came with it. So, you know, it was definitely creating a sense of, of closeness, a way to, a way to unpack some, some pretty major feelings. And I was in this training with one of my favorite transformational coaches, Leslie Taylor, uh, 
and we're sitting in this virtual room talking about intimacy. Now, every week we're talking about different aspects of it, intimacy and friendships, relationships, yourself. So when I signed up, I didn't know where the conversations would go. I just trusted that I would get something out of it. And so what do you think of when you, when you hear the word intimacy? You think of closeness between people. You think of vulnerability. You think of openness. And so my apprehension in diving into this course came from the fact that I already consider myself a deep and vulnerable person. I, I feel like I'm open in relationships until uh, Leslie called me out like he usually does. And so I was responding to the week's lesson about what the connection is between intimacy and trust. And he stopped me as I was talking. And he says, Dina, you can't even begin to talk about unpacking your issues with intimacy because you haven't forgiven yourself. And I was like, uh, excuse me? And he repeated himself in that direct, no bullshit way. You haven't forgiven yourself. Now, I was completely caught off guard. And what I typically do is I shut down because I don't know what to say in that moment. And all I could feel was this hot, fiery rage coming through. And I thought, forgive myself? What have I done? Now, I've had things done to me and I have persevered, processed and come through. But what on this earth do I have to forgive myself for? Obviously, I was super defensive. And I did everything I could to not shut down because... Let me tell you 10 times out of 10, Leslie is spot on. But he went on to say that forgiveness is essential to any relationship to grow and thrive. It is intimacy. And yes, I'm talking about forgiveness of yourself. The kind that you get to finally forgive where you've gone wrong, where you've made missteps, where you've acted with your heart and it didn't turn out well. The kind that allows you to forgive yourself and ultimately release yourself from the prison that you've managed to build for yourself out of the bitterness, anger, resentment, that laundry list of wrongs that you haven't dealt with. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about forgiveness of yourself. And there it was. I could see it. All of the ways I kept myself tied to these perceived wrongdoings where I felt like I misjudged, where... I took the wrong step or I had defined myself as weak or where I had experienced such shame for things friends had called me out for. And in the absence of any forgiveness for myself, I just kept tacking on the offenses and the fact that I was bad. And that in turn led me to be unable to trust myself to do the right thing. And when you're hardwired to be Un, to think that you are unable to do the right thing, you are consistently going to show up feeling like you're doing the wrong thing, always. And here's the thing. If you're always tripping up at work, in your friendships, in your relationships, thinking you're always saying or doing the wrong thing, there is no room to trust yourself to do the right thing. And there's most certainly zero room for grace Trust involves grace. Grace means that we acknowledge that we're not perfect, that we can actually love ourselves unconditionally, that we can accept whatever paths we may or may not have taken and acknowledge the things that have happened to us are not our fault. 
When I think about my relationship with forgiveness, I have 100% realized that I had been someone who was super generous in my ability to forgive others, but I was way harder on myself. The sad part is that I thought I had convinced I thought I convinced everyone <laughs> to, that, that no one could see it, but everyone saw it in me before I saw it in me. Any person has the choice at any given moment to decide who they want to be and how they want to show up. They get to challenge old definitions of themselves and call them out for what they are, that these were circumstances beyond their control and that these experiences do not define them today. And part of this means acknowledging that it wasn't their fault that they were hurt, neglected, projected onto, dismissed, or even disappointed. And it's not their fault that they came by certain defense mechanisms in response. And when a person embraces this reality, not only is it enough, but they can actually truly start to separate their true selves and differentiate from, from what may have happened in the past. If you tend to be someone who gets stuck in a cycle of blaming and shaming yourself, like after a while, it gets pretty damn comfortable in there, even if you're miserable, because it's, it's, it becomes something you know. And rather than leaning into a trust that allows you to assume the best within you, you stay stuck in your offenses and missteps. But recognizing that you came by your pain honestly and innocently can be so freeing and the beginning of your healing. You get to acknowledge that it's not your fault and you can forgive yourself for everything you may have done to cope. And when you feel the fullness of your pain, when you can you know, wrap your arms around the past and, and have it make sense for you, that is enough. You get to claim the strength and courage to be yourself, whoever that is, without the defense of whatever heavy burdens may have been bestowed on you from your past. You know, my bestie in my head, Brene Brown, wisely wrote, of all the things trauma takes away from us, the worst is our willingness or even our ability to be vulnerable. There's a reclaiming that has to happen. Vulnerability is about having the courage to show up and be seen. And nothing is more vulnerable than being yourself and living your life on your own terms. So if you've seen the movie Good Will Hunting, you'll recall at the end, and not that I'm giving it away, <laughs> but I guess I am, you'll see Will leave for California and he pursues a life and a love that reflected who he really was and what he really wanted. A fate that he would have denied himself had he not had a breakthrough about his past, had he not fully recognized that it wasn't his fault. And so I'm sorry about the spoiler, but you can see the connection and why that movie is a perfect explanation for it. But if you're someone who has suffered at some point along their journey and gone through something traumatic, I want you to know that you're not alone, that help is available if you need it. And most importantly, that it's not your fault, but it is your fate 
of whether you choose to acknowledge what's been keeping you buried and how you can still rise. And so your assignment for this week is that I ask you to ask yourself, who do you have to forgive in order to truly acknowledge that it's not your fault? And answer that for you. Because holding grudges, even those against yourself, weigh you down. It's like carrying a heavy trash can everywhere you go. It's a poison of negative energy. It stresses you out, drains you for what you want to do in life. It makes you, to be honest, less pleasant to be around. Asking yourself, who do you have to forgive, is not asking you whether this person deserves your forgiveness. Let's be clear. You're doing this for your benefit. And I'm not telling you you have to go have this huge conversation with that person. Just an acknowledgement. Because the things that happened to you and the things that you did in response to what happened to you has nothing to do with you. Forgiveness doesn't mean you approve of what this person did. It's not a permission slip to do it again. It doesn't even have to mean you want them back in your life. It's simply letting go. It's letting go of those toxic thoughts that have had a vice grip on you and that's tied up in whether you think you're enough of that thing. And sometimes the person you may have to forgive is yourself. So until next week, friends, stay open, stay compassionate, and stay grounded in yourself. This relationship with you is the most important thing you have in your life. And everything that makes you you is enough. And it's high time you embrace it, sis. Hey friend, thanks for listening to this week's episode. I want you to join us each week, every Thursday, right here, because we're talking about all the ways that we're all just testing out how to show up as our confident, badass selves. Because when you think about it, it's all one big experiment. Your life can be the lab. You get to find your answer and what feels good for you. You get to experiment with what feels good. If you walk away from this podcast with one thing, I hope you feel inspired. I hope you feel inspired to take bold, empowered action towards the things that really matter to you. And please remind yourself of the badass you already are. So check the show notes. You can learn about how to stay connected, about exciting updates around Enough Labs. And be sure to rate and review this podcast. You know I live for feedback because this podcast is just one of my many experiments. And I'm just having fun with it. I'll see you next time, gorgeous people. And remember, you are more than enough, just as you are.